Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, we sit down with an alumni of the Boone Podcast. We've had Hoffie on before. A uh, good buddy of mine for a long time. And now I'm looking forward to getting his take on this postseason. I can't figure it out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Hall of Famer Trevor Hoffman. Hoppy, thanks for coming on the program. And I'm going to let you. I've been wrong at every turn. (laughs) Unbelievable postseason. All the big boys are bounced early. Atlanta, Baltimore, Dodgers, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay winning 99 games. Um, I've thrown my notes up in the air. How much? (laughs) Obviously, it comes down to this. How much does winning the division really matter anymore? Yeah, I think you hit the that, that's where you hit a home run, buddy. Because that's that's kind of the, the the crutch here that I don't think anybody's really paying attention to. Um, yes, we've known each other a long time. Let's go back to that. I think uh, I had to do a release for Petco Park's upcoming concert in April of Sting and Billy Joel. Now we didn't go to that concert together, but. Somebody asked me my first concert, and I told him it was Striper and Van Halen at the Forum in Inglewood. Oh, boy. You're going way back. You're not even going to ACDC. You're going back, back. All right. Give it to me. Give give them the show. So, anywho, um, yeah, I think think the format's a little skewed. And, you know, I've had a few conversations with people, and I guess there are are no field representatives – in the competitive balance situation that they, they make decisions on these type of things, sort of like um, the playoff scenario. So my, my problem is, is what you just said, your big boys are get ousted in, in the first round. And so everyone, everyone, so it's their own fault. It's like, well, you don't play baseball with five and six day layoffs. And so the season ends, they, they, they've kind of wrapped up. They're able to kind of get themselves in order. And then all of a sudden they have this five, six day game layoff. And the wild card teams and the one division get rolling and, you know, they, they start their play. And, you know, I think there's something to be said that there's, there's no stoppage. There's no slowdown. Um, but if we've also found out that how intriguing playoff baseball really still is and will always be. And so we've diluted a little bit of the, the September. We had some great races down the end and, uh, I think that things played out the way they did. We didn't have a 
overlap or a tie, and we had to have that one-game playoff to get in. But um, I think expansion's coming. I think it's going to get to 32. And when that happens, I think you get eight teams that uh, move forward into the postseason, and you play seven-game series right from the start. You go 8-1, 7-2, 6-4, 6-3, 5-4. You get started, and if you win the series early, you have that's that's the where you're going to have to manipulate your time off. And but I, I think the mindset of being ready to go, you have to shorten the season a little bit because otherwise you're not going to fit it. But you won't have these these hiccups. You know, uh, I don't think Tampa was probably playing their best baseball when they rolled into the postseason, and they 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 got a, a savvy team in Texas and were ready. And you know that that turned into what it was. I think. Texas took advantage of a young Baltimore first time in. And, you know, it's easy to say they could have very well been Arizona. They was just as young and they went and, you know, beat some behemoths to be where they're at. So the postseason, I'll shut up, but the postseason I think needs a little revamp so that some of the the top dogs, when they have a large lead in September, they can set it up and they will start the postseason the same time as everybody else. No, I agree with you. I think there's been plenty of excitement. I I think the, the intrigue's been there. Yep. Uh, um, you know, when we were in, in our time, there weren't 12 teams going to the postseason. And I've right. said this a million times, but it's the easiest it's ever been to get right. to the postseason and probably the hardest it's ever been to win the whole thing. Cause there's so many landmines you go, you, you've got to go through. Uh, I was talking to Albert Bell and, and he has a, he, he has a, a view of this saying, you know, Booney, it seems like the best teams are set up to play a, a seven-game series. And it makes a lot of sense to me because a seven-game series, ha- you got to have depth. You know, in, in these three-game series, best of five, uh, you never have to see a third or fourth starter. Let's see how good you are, how deep you are. Usually the best teams are deeper. They've got a fourth starter that can beat you. They've got a fifth starter that can beat you. With this format, uh you don't see it. So for me, I, I like the seven game series. I think you have a, a better chance of getting the best team to come out of a seven game series, but then you're getting into the union. You're getting into the players association where, wait a minute, you want us to play 30 spring training games, 162, and then have seven games series. That's a lot of games when it all adds up. I don't know what the perfect formula is, but I do like seven game series. Cause I think you get a true winner nine times or, or the best. I, I think it's the best scenario for, attaining that true winner out of a series. Yeah, and I think when you set up a roster, you have to, right now, you have to think about um, the sprint um, of a postseason. You have to think about the the marathon of a regular season and all these injuries. And so it's hard to set up. And then now with the trade deadline being pushed back, teams are saying in it, they're holding their cards, they want to be a part of it because there's so many opportunities to get in. But I think that the team that you will walk out of spring train with is the team in this scenario that you're going to have to perform in the postseason, I think it's like you said, it's a better indication of who your real roster looks like to, to be able to get through a seven game. And we saw it in hockey, um, you know, the, the Bruins had the most regular season wins and they get tripped up by Tampa. We had some experience, but they got in as well. And uh, they got, they had to go seven games. But I think the other thing is because of the intrigue and the excitement you talked about around the postseason. It's, it's going up against the NFL. Like it's matching some Sunday games. It's matching some Monday night football games where baseball is always over the back burner, but there's nothing like playoff baseball and nothing like playoff general, uh, any sport. And that's a chance for them to kind of match heads with the, the NFL in, in October. 
I, I think it's it's turning in this. The baseball is now like a, it's like a tournament. It's like yeah. March Madness. It's not like the play our old playoff format we're used to. But uh, times change. Life goes on, and they're going to find. We know this. Whatever it comes down to, it's going to be where are where's the most dollars. Yeah. And and I, and I do think being a biased baseball fan over football, the the one positive about having so many teams is you've got cities down the stretch that in years past they're moved they're long moved on to football, but yep. now they're still talking about their team because they still got a chance. And I and I think just from a baseball purist standpoint, growing the game, what is best for baseball? I think that is best. But yeah, there's some tweaks. I think that could be. Uh, could be done i just had i just had boach on uh recently before this last series obviously i i played for boach for one year trev you played for him for a lot of years um and it, it he's one of those guys he's kind of like a dusty it, whether you know him you don't know him you played for him you didn't play for him you play boach is everybody's buddy you never hear he's one of the few guys in the game. You never hear a bad word from anybody that's ever run into Boach. Um, sum him up with all the time you've spent with him. What makes Boach uh, such a special guy? Respected. Um, I think I I had the opportunity to watch him grow. I saw him take the job as a rookie manager, fumble through a spring training speech to get the uh, the, the 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 season underway to a polished, well-oiled machine who had people sprinting out of the locker room, which was, you know, early, late February, early March. And you kind of, you know, say to yourself, like, what, what really good does that speech mean? But he always had a way of kind of reminding you of what the purpose was throughout the season. But uh, he does such a good job of getting to know, and, and I think it's every manager's responsibility to get to know his players and understand what makes them tick. But, you know, he's such a, misunderstood person in a sense that you just think you just sitting there not paying attention and you know he's he's got every scenario covered in his mind ahead of time before it comes he knows what his personnel feels like on that given day um he's watching with his eyes um on what they're giving him and the sharpness that he can relate to what it looked like in spring training what it looked like mid-season what it's looking like now is that there too much intensity on the person is it they too amped up are they not making their pitches you know, there's a lot of, you know, he has his own set of analytics, we'll say, and then is smart enough to bring in the analytics that he wants to, 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 to go through and make sure that it's not inundating his players probably too much. But from my standpoint, he was always just communicative. I don't think anybody handles a bullpen better. He, he knows when to make the right call. He knows when to stay pat and give the guy an opportunity to get out of it. And it seems to have worked for almost a decade and a three three world championships later. I think you're right when you hit it on the head when you say respect, and, and it's so important when it comes to to players, especially in big situations. They trust Boach. I mean, he takes them out. I I just saw I just saw the uh, the interaction. I'll, I'll I'll give you a quick example. The interaction, you know, Scherzer, the big guy, the big free agent, he comes in at the trade deadline, gets hurt down the stretch. He's you can tell he's fighting and trying to find a way to come back for for the third series. He did. Game one, he got beat up a little bit. He goes four, gives up four. Not, you know, a la Scherzer that we expect, but he's had a long time off, and he's not getting any younger. Boach gives him the ball in, in uh, his next start. I believe it was game seven. He comes out to him in the second inning, and he takes him out. Now, how many managers throughout Max Scherzer's life, his personality, his resume, Max just handed him the ball. 
like, all right, Skipper, I trust you here. That's what I'm talking about, the respect, where I'll guarantee it. I could, most of the managers that came out to Max Scherzer in that situation, and I'm not saying a negative against Max. It's the way his personality is. Absolutely. It's the way he's built. He's He's got that competitive, and a lot of us do. At, at, and at in the heat of the moment, it's like, how dare you take me out of this game in the second inning? But it's Boach. And it's like, this is Bochy. He sees something maybe I don't see. And not only is it a respect, it's a trust. And that's the little tiny moments I recognize when I'm watching a game that I go, that's why Bochy's Bochy right there. Because I think anybody else, it would have been a, a look at, like, are you kidding me? You're not taking me out of this game. <laughs> but it's Bruce, and he hands him the ball, gives it to Montgomery, who does a great job. They end up winning winning game seven. So I, I think you're right, and I, I I think it is. It, it It is a respect thing. And I've just got to know Bruce over the years. You know, I only played for him for one year. I love my year there. I don't think we did very well. We came in fourth place. But, <laughs> you know, I have a a friendship with him in, in events that we've done over over the years off the field and, and got to know him a little bit. And he is. He's that that great skipper that, you know, the, the, the captain of the ship. At the same time, he's your buddy. He's got a unique personality because there's a lot of managers I've played for that I really respect and I think are are really really good managers but Boach has got that it factor where he can be your buddy and be your manager but come crunch time when it's not buddy time you separate it and there's no there's no weirdness I don't know it's something it's something I can't put my finger on but it's it let's just call it an it factor for 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 argument's sake uh, you hit the nail on the head. I, I was waiting for that exchange as well. And Max tried to have that look, like look through the manager before he got there. And I think in that split second, he was able to internalize. He gave me game one. He let me start game seven. Mm-hmm. I haven't really been myself. He didn't get into the dugout and storm. And, you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, this is not a knock on Max. I love that competitiveness that he right. we you got to have it. Yeah, right. you got to. Right. But he. As much you just you just hit it perfectly. Like you have a way of respecting Boach and be a friend of Boach, and he has the ability to do all that and still be your manager. And it's it's quite the quite the yeah. combination. Yeah, he just he kind of just weaves it. Um, all right, before we get into this, what's happened recently in the postseason, get to the World Series. Um, you've had four postseasons in your career: 96, 98, 05. And 06, is that correct? Or is it 06 and 07? Anyway, 05, 06. 05, For the people listening to the Boom Podcast out there, for Trevor, for a bullpen guy, for a, a pitcher for that sake, uh, how different is it in your preparation, postseason, regular season, or does it pretty much stay the same? The differences I see, and, and this is a guess, and I'm going to let you, you know, kind of collaborate on it take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit u.s restaurants and gas stations that's the powerful backing of american express four times points on up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in purchases per year Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From a pitcher's perspective, the only difference I see for a guy like you that's coming in at the end of the game, for a bullpen that's been working one way, I know how you guys, you guys are weird, and you guys hang out with each other all year, and you make the young rookie carry the weird backpack and go down there, and you have your rituals, and you have your setup in the bullpen, there's a hierarchy, and and there's something cool to that. But in the postseason, it's a little bit different because it's all hands on deck, and you might have a couple starters out there with you that are never in the bullpen because they might be coming in. Does that disrupt anything? Is that just the way it is? Tell me the difference, regular season, postseason, and especially when you get deeper into the postseason. Yeah, I, I'd liken it to, and and you're right, it does get a little bit different, but when you get in the postseason, you're doing everything and anything you can to try and get through the finish line with a W. And I'll liken it to, you know, middle of the season, guy on second base, less than two outs, and you see the big hack from somebody trying to hit the ball out of the park or, Ball's in and he's yanking it down the left field line to try and, you know, get a knock as opposed to getting inside the baseball, get it to the right side, get the guy to third with less than two outs to try and get a run and get on the board early. So I think the beautiful thing about postseason baseball is you've made it in and you're playing with house money and you're actually more relaxed throughout the day and throughout your preparation, even though you're doing the same thing. And once you get to the game, it's your intensity, your focus has to be lit up even higher, ramped up even higher, so that momentum swings day to uh, pitch to pitch. It's not a it's not a game to game thing. Like things happen throughout the game that provide momentum. Whether it's a you know two out two walks that the lefty gave up yesterday in Philly, and Grinkle comes in and, and shuts it down. I don't think he was thinking he was going to come in with two on, but he had to be ready, and he's been successful throughout the postseason. Similar situation has been used, but comes in, slams the door, Seawall comes and piggybacks it, and everybody goes home happy, except for Philly. But I, I, I really feel that you prepare, but you're almost more relaxed because you're playing baseball. You're playing the, the game that you kind of you know, learned growing up to be unselfish. What can I do to help the club win, win a ball game? This is this is interesting, and it's really come to my to the forefront. Me watching this postseason and watching it pretty darn closely. Uh, in our day, it was Trevor Hoffman, it was Mariano Rivera, Wagner in Houston, uh, and I don't want to leave anybody. A lot of great closers. When we would go as an opponent, as a hitter, when I'd go into uh, an opponent's ballpark, or, or we're playing somebody, and they've got that closer at the end. And, and if, if even to expand on that, if they had that deep bullpen where seven, eight, nine were kind of covered <clears throat> and you knew it was kind of clockwork that shortens that game. And we know as hitters, man, we better get it done. 
Because if those hell's bells are ringing and Hoffy's coming in, yeah, once in a while we might get him. More time than not, this is over. When Mariano comes in, usually the game's over. Once again, we, we're, we're going to get you once in a while. But for the most part, that's game that game's over. I've been, you know, the current guys, Bautista with, with Baltimore this year was unbelievable. Duran with the Minnesota Twins, a class A with the Cleveland Indians. When these guys come into the game, the game's usually over. And I've really been watching these playoffs closely. And, and the teams, you talk about Arizona, Seawald comes over from the Mariners at the trade deadline. He's been unbelievable, Hoffy. He's been, and, and I was watching the game last night, and I'm, I'm watching it with, with Jakey, my son, and I said, Snake, I said, I'll tell you what. They get to the eighth. This game's over. I don't care how much home field advantage this Philly thing is. Seawald's been money. He is not giving up. He's got the Inviso ball going. That fastball, they just can't square up right now. I don't know if you don't see it. Looks like they don't see it really well. Uh, but that, that's that been so important. And you talk about Ginkle in the eighth setting up Seawald. That's the one team I see, Arizona, that has had that consistently. Like, we know what we have at the end of the game. If we can get to the end of the game, we're going to win. You look at a team like Philly, Kimbrell, who's been a great closer, 400-plus saves in his career. He wasn't the go-to guy and pretty much got taken out of that scenario. Boach has been back and forth. He's had a young kid in Leclerc. I think he's done a really good job. But Chapman's been a closer his whole life. Now, all of a sudden, Chapman's that eighth-inning guy. And in the eighth inning, you don't know what you're getting either. Yeah. So I look at all these teams. For me, I, and then you look at Houston. Houston was that one team why I thought it was so impressive that, that Texas beat him is because they did have that bullpen set up. They had Presley at the end who's been there, done that. And you know you get to Presley, usually that game's over, and setting him up with Neris and, and, and the other guys in that bullpen. I thought they had the huge advantage in the bullpen. The way Boach managed it, I think he threaded that needle perfect and did a great job. Obviously, he's sitting in the World Series. So as a hitter, I don't want that good setup. I don't want you guys feeling good about yourself with the seventh on. I've been on teams that had a seventh on that was really good, and I played against them. We don't like it as hitters. How important do you think that is, and and, and how does that play in this World Series? Because Arizona's got it. Texas, not so much. they got to find a way to get it done, and sometimes almost like whatever works, throw everything against the wall, whatever sticks, sticks. Yeah, honestly um... – I think the, 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 maybe the biggest thing that's going to come out of this that you have to think about is that familiarity breeds confidence. And when you get into seven-game series, like we did in the AL and NLCS and now the World Series, and you go to your, your horses and you go to the guys that you've leaned on the whole year, like you get more comfortable. They got more comfortable with Craig. They got more comfortable with Alvarado by the end of the series in Arizona Philly. They started to get more comfortable with LeClaire. They got, and, and they they made big pitches. They they were pretty aggressive in the strike zone in a couple of pitches that got away with it. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of success in the postseason, and I, I can still remember challenging guys because it was the time to do it, and it didn't work out so hot. You know, Seawald, he does. He throws the invisible because they talked about his velocity only, only being 93, 94, right? right? But they don't see it. And there's there's a pl- there's a play there that he's confident in being able to move the ball around in the strike zone. He's throwing strikes in the strike zone. That strike zone is not very big as, and we can go into that one too, but uh, how, how these bullpens will get used. Um, 
you absolutely said it. Like Boach did an amazing job um, navigating it. You know, that Tory did a great job in a game seven to get to the to the end of the game. You score early. I think if anything, that's probably the one thing that all these baseball heads and managers and you know analysts, the game changes when you're having to chase. When when you start to see the, the game run out of time, you start to see outs go away, you start to see innings pile up and you get towards the end and now you're hoping. You're not like controlling the game anymore. You're hoping that you can get in the game. That Philly, uh, we both, uh, for you, for everybody out there listening to the Boom Podcast or watching the Boom Podcast now on YouTube, uh, Trevor and myself, we we both went to a World Series on different teams. It was the same the 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 same same end result, and it was Yankee Stadium. And you talk about a postseason venue where <laughs> you knew you were somewhere special. You know, I, I was thinking about that with that Philly crowd, and. How much more, I don't know what the word is, raucous they were than all the other venues, and it ended up not being enough in the end. But I remember the postseason. It, there's something a little bit different about it, and, and, and I sum it up this way. On a great year, there's three times where, where I kind of get butterflies. It's usually opening day, no matter how long I've been playing. I still, it's like, don't embarrass yourself. Don't chase that slider. Your first at bat and strike out. Uh, if you're, if you're fortunate enough that year that you were an all-star stepping in that box at the all-star game, man, I got butterflies. Don't embarrass yourself. Everybody's watching. (laughs) And then for the years, you were fortunate enough to go to the postseason. I remember you play 162. They run into each other. It's just a job for us. We get up in the morning, we go do our job, but you get to that postseason and that first time they, you know, you line up on the line. You haven't done that since opening day, you know, okay. This is something special. And here come those butterflies again. And it's not nervousness or anxious. It's just, let's get this on so I can just go back to doing my job. Talk about it. That's that's my experience. Uh, what's Trevor Hoffman's? Uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, I just You just walked me through some of uh, mask of emotions that I remember standing on that line and opening day going, okay, can you still do this? I mean, you, you, yep. you know what the end of the season was like last year, good, bad, or indifferent. You go through your off-season workouts, you try and get the body back to go in again, depending on if you were a 25-year-old or if you're a 35-year-old. Everything's a little bit different. And a, a year goes by and you're starting to wonder, can I still do this again? And having had the opportunity to go to all-star games, you, you walk into a clubhouse and you're going, I don't know if I belong in this room. I mean, these guys, these guys are all stars. What the heck am I doing here? Type of thing. And and it's certainly the postseason is another layer of intensity and excitement and you know grat- gratification that you were able to get to that point in the season to be one of two teams still standing. So and if not even earlier in the postseason. So controlling those emotions and being able to perform on that level, I think is. It's been fun to watch these guys do it now. I mean, I'm, I'm a total fan. I'm so far removed from the playing days, and the game has changed a little bit. That Man, I just I just enjoy seeing great, great players play great, and we got a lot of people doing it. I don't think there's been anything given away. I think guys have gone out and earned it, and it's been fun to watch that. I think they've been spot on. The, the teams have played the way they've wanted to play. They've represented themselves and their cities in a great way, and Man, it's just, it's just been a, a fun ride to watch. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, 
Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Two teams standing. We got Texas Rangers. We got the Arizona Diamondbacks. How they got there. Texas beat Tampa Bay, as you mentioned at the top of the show. Texas beat Baltimore, a young Baltimore team. That didn't really surprise me that much. I, I, I know Baltimore won 101 games. I know they had that great year. It, it's a really good that that Baltimore, they haven't been on the radar in so long. For them to, to, to have that young group of players coming up, I think that's really bodes well for Baltimore's in the near future, them, them being a, a factor in the American League East when we're so used to that Yankee, Red Sox, Tampa Bay now for some time. But uh, but that was really cool to see in Baltimore. Didn't surprise me that much that Texas bounced him, and and then Texas beats Houston in seven. Uh, what do you see? I, I see a Bruce Bochy. I see a Tory Lavello. Tory, I watched his moves all postseason. And you talk about analytics. You talk about Boch. He has his. Everybody looks at Boch as that old school. Oh, he still does it the old way. But there's more to it than that, and you're right. He has his own set of analytics. He's not just relying on everything, you know, 1986, 1996. There's more to it than that. But I look at a Tory Lovello, and and I was included in this, being a little bit critical of some of the moves he made. I remember the other day he takes his one of his probably his best postseason pitcher so far in Miller, takes him out in the fifth, and he's dealing. And Miller gives him a look in the dugout like, are you kidding me, Skipper? Are you watching what I'm watching right now? I just punched out the last two guys, took him out. Everything he did, though, end up working out. He's in the World Series for a reason. So two different foods of thought from the from the skippers. Uh, but let's just go over their rosters. What do you see uh, with these matchups? I've been really impressed with – and I think in the Arizona front, I've been really impressed with these guys because they're on the national – they're on the national stage now. I don't think a lot of people around the country follow the Arizona Diamondbacks. And, and Corbin Carroll, who's going to be the rookie of the year, has had a great year. People have got to see him. Didn't have a great series against Texas, but came up big yesterday. I'm sorry, against Philly. Came up big yesterday. Uh, Marte, their second baseman, won the most valuable player. Had a great series. Perdoma, that shortstop, seemed like he kept getting big hits. Most impressive to me, though, outside of the pitching, uh, was their young catcher, Marino. It seemed like in every big situation, this kid came up. He's 23 years old. He gets moved into the three-hole for the first time in his career, and he came up big time after time, and they just kind of nicked at your heels the entire time. Ended up getting it done on the Texas side, and I'm setting this up, and then I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to let Hoffy do. <laughs> I'm not going to remember all this. <laughs> on Boach's side, you've got, uh, you've got a Garcia who was – he drove in 20 runs in the postseason to, hit to now. <laughs> 15 got Seeger, in the yeah. yeah, Seager, Simeon, uh, Garver. 
huge postseason for them. And they've got the great players in, in Hyman Jung. The young kid, Adam Carter, uh, 21 years old. He, he reminds me kind of like of a Chipper Jones with his poise at such a young age. Uh, you've got the veteran Evalde. you got so many different things. Give me your version of the Texas Rangers versus Arizona. Give me your matchup. And then I'm going to ask you for your prediction. Well, I, I I don't think anybody can give a good prediction until you see the first pitch of the game and uh, who scores first, how 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 teams get affected by that. I think you can go off of what we've seen thus far in the postseason, and you you unpacked a lot there. And I think first let's start with Arizona. I, I agree with you. I think Tory did an amazing job of lying in the weeds a little bit. He knows his he knows his guys and. I love his comment that he's excited that America gets to watch his team play on the big stage. Well said. Um, the moves he made, he, he got Fadat out of his first start on the skates, probably could have pushed him a little bit further. But you know what? He wants to get him out of the game, have a good feeling. He knows he's going to have to rely on him somewhere deeper in the series. And as it turned out, it, it, he did. And what an amazing job he did, has done thus far in the postseason. Uh, Kelly, I agree with you. I think, you know, he just gets done cruising kind of through a – a second inning and goes to his bullpen only he knows his team as well as anybody. And so, you know, you kind of have to tip your hand and go, you know, I hope it works out so that you don't have to answer all the questions of why you took a player out, you know, that was rolling a little bit. And then you talk about their lineups. I, I love the, I love the young stories with Alex Thomas and, and, and Corbin Carroll that you mentioned is kind of in the work of the year. Like there's, these guys are studs. They're, they're growing up before our eyes. And, you know, Christian Walker, you know, he's been in the shadow of Goldschmidt for four years and he shouldn't have been. Like, this guy's an all-star in his own right and, and doing things in the field that are fantastic. Uh, the kid behind the plate, Moreno, you mentioned him. Pedro Martinez gives singing his praise last night after the game. It's well-deserved. Like, uh, and Perdomo, you know, Nick Ahmed's like a vacuum. And they just kind of were able to move on from him and give him the, anoint him the everyday guy and, and watch him do his thing offensively. And Cattell is, I think, the, the, the engine that makes that whole thing go. I mean, the, the guys just kind of gravitate off of his energy. He's, he's kind of fearless and, uh, you know, just goes out and does his job. So they're a scary team. Um, and they should be. They've, they've done some things, taken down the Dodgers in their series that they knew real well. Obviously, the Brewers before that, not an easy team. They might have been a little dinged. But uh, to go into Philly, a, a team that, you know, was a representative of the World Series the year before and come back and win two games in that place, six of seven, like the magnitude of what they accomplished and to hear their guys speak of it right after the game, like they didn't have words. And it, sometimes you're looking for words. There's no words to be said. You just kind of have to shake your head and go, <coughs> we did it. And they should be really proud of that. Uh, I think the moves that Tory did were in a sense going to his, his guns when he did, you know, um, Rob Thompson did it the year before in Philly and it just kind of, it ran out of steam a little bit. Like he kept going to Dominguez and Alvarado and it worked and they won games and, you know, you, you're kind of shaking your head like, man, this is a, a great situation that they're running with. And it, they, they ran into a really tough Houston team. And I think they're going to retool. I think they're going to probably add a few pieces and they're going to be smack dab in it. It's just, it's so frustrating to become so close and know that you have to wait a full calendar year and do so many different, the same thing over again to get the exact same spot, to have the same opportunity to get to the World Series. You know, it's the mental 
capacity of, of and, and determination to, to push yourself through an offseason to get ready again to go do it. Texas, yeah, um, they went through some some tough teams. Tampa on the road, I don't didn't really necessarily see it being a sweep like it was, but they got up early, they smacked them in the face, they you know they they couldn't rebound from it. Saw the same thing with Baltimore, a young team. Had they maybe started on the road, I don't know if it would have been any different. I think their first experience on the road in the postseason would have been something that would have been uh, maybe tough to handle. And the Houston series, just the familiarity of them being in the same division and have played each other, I, I think it kind of took down some of the mystique of seven ALCSs in a row by Houston. Like, that's a big number that those guys accomplished in season and experience and Texas – they stayed toe to toe with them and got to the point where they believed that they could do it on this in this stage in that moment. And so, I think you're got two teams that are going to face each other that feel like we're not afraid of anybody. We respect everyone, but we're not afraid of anybody. And we can we can go into the other house and and play our best brand of baseball. We can protect our turf and play well at home. And I see it going at least six games. It could turn into a game seven. Um, both are well-equipped to go, you know, multiple games with their guys. They're kind of equally set up starting pitching-wise, and their bullpens match up. They're different offenses. I think it's more high-powered with Texas. Uh, you saw Arizona steal a lot of bases the last two games and put the pressure on on the defense and on the pitching staff when you have traffic. And so if you can keep guys off the base pads, that's going to help. But uh, I really think that teams that score first, they have a little bit of momentum. They can play the game a little bit freer, do maybe some things that you wouldn't do if you're chasing. And when it gets late, you don't you don't want to have to get into people's bullpens. I think there's 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 ways around it. There's, there's, there might be some hiccups. There might be a walk in there late that's going to scare some people. But they still have people that can get people out, uh, and they've proven it at the end of the game. So it's a it's anybody's series. I'm I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'd be remiss to pick one or the other. I know that's kind of what you do in these things. Um, I don't know as many people over in Arizona. I know, obviously, the skipper and boat, so I'm, I'm hoping it works out for Texas. But uh, I think it's going to be a great series. Texas will win the World Series if they blank. Uh, score runs. Arizona will win the World Series if they do blank. Play their base brand of baseball. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna be a great series. Obviously, the you know, um, from an offensive standpoint, it, it's David and Goliath when it comes to the two lineups and the firepower. But obviously, to this to this point, they just they just beat a Phillies team uh, that had stars all over the place, power all over the place, and in the end, they're still standing. I th- I think this. You know what's cool, it, and they and they did it with their backs up against the wall, like they unbelievable. They, they really never got into their kind of game where they were stealing bases, you know, hit and running, like putting the pressure on the other team. They're down two games, down a game going into game six, and that's when they were able to kind of start to play Arizona baseball. And so they're they're fearless. They're they're not worried about being down a game. They're not worried about being up a game. So I. I it's gonna be it's gonna be a good series. It, it was amazing, and I was watching the first two series or the first two games in Philly, and you finished those two games, and it was two zero. 
I don't know about you, but it's like the chances of Arizona winning that series after what I saw in Philadelphia and that city going crazy. It, they, the Phillies look like the Beatles, and it looked like a Beatle concert. And I just said, <laughs> guys, th- not this year. And for them to come back from that was pretty unbelievable. Just watching them yesterday, they came to the ballpark yesterday, game seven. It's been all Philly. You know, you got they got the star power. They got the names. And all of a sudden, they turn it into a game seven. And Arizona's walking to the ballpark with a smile on their face like, hey, guys, we're not supposed to be here, are we? You guys have been telling us that. We got nothing to lose. We're not. Whereas Philly's going, wait a minute. We were supposed to win this like three games ago. And the pressure gets more and more. And I was watching that dugout for Arizona during the during the game. And they're just they're just let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a that's a subtle, confident group right there. And uh, it, it bowed to be too much in the end. It was it was too much. And they over and they overtook Philly. Pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome story. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I you couldn't be more right in that. You walked away going down 2-0. Um, you, you know what that that, that – I know exactly like. what that feels like. And it's like <laughs> little to little to no chance. Little yeah. to no chance. But they, yeah. they proved us proved us all wrong. Hoffy, I appreciate you coming on the program. We've uh, – you know, we've been friends for a long time. Our, our two oldest – in the next month, are getting married, Brody for for Hoff for Trevor and and my oldest daughter, Savannah. How old are we getting? You know, this this <laughs> well, we is got amazing. a lot of gray on the chin. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. But uh, I appreciate coming on the show, and uh, I'll catch up soon with you. I'll be down at the beach walk, walking my dog Milo. But uh, Hoffy, as always, good catching up. Appreciate you doing this for all of you out there watching or listening to the Boom Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you next time.